When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to part two of the Pittsburgh Steelers postgame show. I'm Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined by Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield, we are getting ready to talk about the Steelers' defense and their special teams and give our final thoughts, game balls, whatever we decide to do on this show. But we're going to talk about the uh, defense first. So the Steelers come out and they kind of look like gangbusters. They only give up three points in the first half, followed by giving up 24 in the second. Not a, is a tale of two halves for the Steelers defense. Uh, let's look at some of the uh, notables here. Total tackles. Mega Fitzpatrick had eight total. Um, TJ Watt was seven. Joe Schobert, five. Terrell Edmonds, four. Arthur Millette, four. Sutton, three. Taco Charlton, three. Devin Bush, Alex Highsmith both had three, and the rest are less than that. Uh, I want to talk first about the Steelers' uh, rush defense. Chicago ran the ball well. We know about that. The, the Chicago Bears end up rushing for 136 yards on 26 carries for an average of 5.2. David Montgomery, who was just reinstated off IR, 13 carries, 63 yards. Justin Fields at 8 for 45. Darnell Mooney, 1 for 15 and a touchdown. And Khalil Herbert, 4 for 13. What do you think about the rush defense here, Brian? You know, that's pretty much what they average. In fact, I think they are, uh, maybe they average a little bit more than that. But they are, what is it, 136.6 is it, what they average coming into the game, yep. And, and what average. did they get, Jeff? 136. 136? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. So you held them to their average. This is a good running running team. This is their bread and butter. This is what you expect them to do. I would have loved to have kept them around a hundred, but you know they did what they needed to do. They forced this team to have to pass, and they almost beat you with a pass. But they did not kill you with a running game. This team did not that 136 yards. I don't think is what did the Steeler could have done the Steelers in because they won. So I don't want to say did them in, but. I was not. I did not have a problem with keeping this good of a running team at their average. All right, Dave. What are your thoughts on the run defense? Yeah, part of that, you know, they it wouldn't have been over a hundred yards if it wasn't for the quarterback, you know. And I don't know that any of his runs were designed runs. I'm trying to think. Can you maybe, think of any designed? Maybe, maybe I, one. I know at least one. At least one was. That was it. Yeah, so it's so they were getting their rushing yards in the passing game, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, and I'll tell you, I think Justin Fields is getting better every week. I, but we'll we'll get to that at another. You know, we can talk that that's that can be the Windy City's podcast. Um, so. <sighs> You'd like to see the Steelers do better. You'd like to see them take a team and hold them to below their average. I mean, that's what they did last week against the Browns. They didn't do it the two weeks prior to that. So it was, I mean, but part of me almost wants to look at, I mean, how much, what, what did they hold them to in the first half? You know what I'm saying? In the first half, yeah. um, I'm trying to bring that up right now, that the Steelers held them rushing. I mean, it was... It was 75 yards in the first half. So it was even less than that in the second. I I don't even know right now. It it seems like you wanted – it didn't seem like they were completely owning the running game. It's just they eventually got it going enough to where they racked up some yards. Does that make sense? Because it seemed like early in the game they couldn't run the ball at all. Unless it was a scramble play and Justin Fields gets away from someone. Yeah. Yeah, it it didn't feel like they were designed runs that were just – gashing them I, I i can think of a couple of montgomery runs where he was kind of dragging people and getting extra yards and really driving his legs and stuff like that but i, I didn't feel like it was the the running game the defense was I, I said this earlier in the podcast i stand by my word is that i felt like the defense especially in the second half they weren't sure how to attack justin fields uh, yeah. they really hadn't played a quarterback like that since they played lamar jackson last year in baltimore and that's where you rush, but you also have to be cognizant of where you're rushing and keeping them in the pocket. They didn't do that a lot. And like you said, that 45 yards from uh, fields is what puts them over that 100 mark. So keep it in mind. Tyler W gives us $5. So we failed to contain fields and it almost cost us. Highsmith let him roll left so many times once for a TD. Hope we learn from that for the Ravens. Uh, yeah. Highsmith. I he got closed a couple of times. I was waiting for him to cash in. He just never did. Thanks, Mean Joe gives us $5. Did the defensive line look soft again other than Cam? One sickening moment was when Cam, going down late, relieved to see him return the next series. I kind of thought that was a veteran. Uh, just All right, it's before the two-minute warning. You can take a little break, give your defense a chance to get themselves mm-hmm. acclimated. Um, I'm not saying that's exactly what he did um, because, if anything, you want the clock to roll there, but still – you lose Cam Hayward, that would be a big blow to that defensive front. Let's talk about the secondary, though. 
And Dave, this will give you a chance to talk about Justin Fields. He finished the day 17 of 29 for 291 yards, uh, 10 yard average, one touchdown, one interception that was gobbled up by Big Cam. <laughs> Only sacked three times for 13 yards and an 89.9 yard rating. You're thinking that's not that bad, but you throw in the eight for 45 rushing, and now all of a sudden he's contributed well over 300 yards of total offense. The Steelers defensively. Um, let's see here. TJ Watt had a pass defense. Some might say it came at an inopportune time. Devin Bush had a pass defense. Cam Hayward obviously had one. Uh, Hayden was credited with one on Jimmy Graham. So four total pass defenses. Uh, the Steelers in terms of pass rush quarterback hits at eight and they got uh sack. They obviously sacked fields three times. Let's talk a little bit about Justin Fields and the Steelers secondary. We'll break it down that way. Let's talk about the secondary first. Brian, what are your thoughts? Well, I got to bring up Justin Fields first to talk about the secondary because the Bears on offense, their passing offense was ranked 32nd in the league. And if I wasn't mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, they have averaged 126 yards a game passing. So here you come in and, man, he was throwing down field to Cole Komet then a big one to Robinson, and then the touchdown to Mooney. And he kept throwing and throwing on the one to Graham. And it it was just, I don't know whether it was the scheme or what was happening, but you just kept on seeing number 35, Arthur Millette, who I've been high on this year, just getting victimized the entire time. So they let this guy get away with a lot of passes, and I don't know why they weren't – I mean. This is a guy that that threw three touchdown passes and seven interceptions in his short time in the league, and they did not take advantage of it. All right, Dave, what about? Well, for me, I look at this. Justin Fields had 228 passing yards in the second half. Okay, that's that's where everything went. And they were trailing. I mean, they were down 14 points you know, right before the fourth quarter, you know, scored right away inside the fourth quarter, put up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, seven of those we'll get to a little bit later, but he, they were throwing the ball because they needed to. Brian talked about Arthur Millette. My thing with him is why is he the deep guy? You know, on that, on that, the, when they came out of the two minute warning, the long pass that set up the touchdown on the next play, why is he the deep guy when you see Joe Hayden up there taking away the underneath, you know, I don't think that's Millette's strength. And when we see what we liked from him earlier this year, it was when he was making those good plays on, you know, on the underneath stuff. Not that he's a guy that's just going to be able to, to run with someone. I mean, they had a chance to get him earlier in the game um, and he overthrew it. He was the guy that was closest there. That's the one I'm thinking about with Joe Hayden being short, you know, being the underneath guy. I, I don't know that I like that scheme to put him in that situation or did the Bears specifically do something to get him to be that guy that's there? I don't, I mean, I'd really have to break it down. Honestly, we need to ask KT Smith, you know, his opinion on that because I'm not a big secondary guy, if you know what I mean. But that's just what seemed odd to me. It seemed like that the Steelers, you know, to have a guy like that playing there, I, I don't feel like he's been there all season. So the Bears, I mean, they were they got a lot of passing yards when they were trailing in a game, and it just so happened to get them back in the game. Uh, you'd like to see the Steelers be able to make a play and and just kind of you know put the kibosh on that. 
Here's a potential answer for you, Dave, from mm-hmm. Cam. I'm not sure how to say that. Uh, this is the NFL. The Bears adjusted to what the Steelers were doing, playing lots of cover three. Then when the Steelers played cover one, they hit the man coverage on the sideline on Millett, the weakness. Yeah. I don't that know. That sounds exactly right to me. Is, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know well enough to say whether that's right or wrong, but that's a theory for sure. Yeah. All right. Greg S gives us five dollars. Says thankfully, thankfully, the boss god has returned. Um, except on the point after. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about the Steelers pass rush. The Steelers, as I said earlier, they did have uh three sacks, all of them from Trent Jordan Watt. Um, I felt like Cam might have gotten a half on one of those. I thought he gave it to him. No, they didn't. So it is what it is. Uh, Trent Jordan, that's TJ Watt, in case you're new to the show. Um, <clears throat> he's getting close to the league lead in sacks. I believe he's only a half sack behind uh, Mr. Garrett up there in Cleveland. So uh, a good day for him. But the pass rush, I was very disappointed. I mean, this is a team that had given up a lot of sacks so far this season. The Steelers only get three, and they're all from TJ Watt. Where is that next person that's going to step up? Brian, what's your thoughts on the pass rush? Exactly what you said. It was thrilling to watch TJ get in there, but if if TJ's not working, no one else is. And that seemed apparent in this game. Nobody was uh, moving towards the quarterback. No, I mean, very few hits, too. There, There were not that many quarterback hits. In this game as well. So I mean, if you're if you're comparing pass rushes, rushers, the uh, the Bears beat the Steelers as far as pass rushing goes. You know they had they had the better pass rushing unit. They they were more effective. But when you have a guy like T.J. Watt getting those three sacks, that's a big deal, and you still have it. So you can't discount the fact that he was a part of it. You just wanted more there. And you mentioned that he's a half a sack away from the, the uh, lead. The guy that really took advantage, the reason he has the lead is Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks against this Bears team. TJ had three. But, you know, TJ has, I looked at the stat lines of both in the middle of this game, and TJ is is really more well-rounded. And you mentioned that he has 11 and a half sacks now. The Steelers team record is 16. And that's James Harrison from 2008. You know what? I That's probably going to go down this year. And when you're talking about a guy that somebody mentioned, he's the uh, one of the youngest to get to 60 sacks. Well, the Steelers team record is once again, Debo at 80.5. So he's that close to major team records. And his presence on this defense is saving this defense. There you go. Dave? Mm-hmm. Well, I will say one thing, that uh, the Steelers did have more quarterback hits than what the Bears were um, were given um, statistically. Now, these, now with these, I'm, I'm taking this straight from the Steelers media website from the NFL stats, that the, they had the Bears with five quarterback hits. Now, four of those were sacks because they include sacks in that the Steelers had eight, but they only came from three different players. TJ Watt had three of them, which were her, his three sacks. Cam Hayward had three and Alex Highsmith had two. They were the only ones who got hits on the quarterback. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why it felt like it was that it was, that it was less tonight, but the, the pass rush, I kept saying to myself when the, when the bears got the ball back with 26 seconds left and they, and, and I'm like a sack basically ends this game. 
one sack. That's all you got to do yep. is get home. And they were so close. They were right there. But Justin Fields was pretty elusive. He was pretty elusive with that as well. So um, I honestly think, even though they lost the game, I think the Bears are a team that are on the on the rise. And I'm glad that the Steelers play them now and don't have to play them in another month. Well, let me say about Justin Fields is that out of all the rookie quarterbacks that are seeing significant playing time so far this season, and there's a number of them that are, I think Justin Fields has I, – I think he's one with the most potential. I hate that word. We know that. But, I mean, my goodness, if they can put a line together to protect him, his skill set – and I remember writing articles in the draft saying, you know, if he were to fall to the Steelers, would you take him? And everyone's like, oh, no, he's going to be a bust, another Ohio State quarterback. He looks legit to me. I'll say it. Like I, I think he looks like a really good NFL quarterback, a guy that can run and throw. So you take that for what it's worth. I'm not sure if this is true or not, but Cam, uh, we already highlighted one of their comments, said on a positive note, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger tied Tom Brady for number three all-time for comeback winning drives at 50. We'll have to double check on that. If so, well, I, pretty, I know uh, it was at 49 because they said it on uh, what Yin's talking about. They were talking about so that. 49. I, I, so he was this going before this one, but I don't know what the numbers of the other players were that they were talking uh, okay. about. So I, I can't compare. Drew it to Brees that. was close. I know Drew Brees was yeah. up there, and uh, that that would be cool. Uh, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to look into that. Tom Muir gives us another two dollars. Said Wormley did good today. Cam had three quarterback hits. Thank you, Tom, for the tip. I'll, Wormley, can I say something about better. Wormley? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I thought he actually tipped that ball first before Cam intercepted it. It it was really tough to tell. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. that was part of the reason that it fell fell to Cam. So, I mean, who cares who gets the stat on that? What well, all that matters is the Steelers got the ball. But I just noticed that, that Wormley was around at, at several times. Um, but do you really want to be? You don't want to just be around. You want to act. You want to be making plays as well. Absolutely, Dave. You want to read your stat about points off turnovers? Oh yeah, that um, that was that was the first touchdown that the Steelers scored following a turnover this year on a drive following a turnover. I mean, not that they technically a block punts not a turnover, but they scored on that play. So whether you put throw that in there or not, but the Steelers had not scored a touchdown as a as a points off a turnover yet this season. But uh, they finally did that. Some pot finally got some good yep. pot. There you go. I say poot. Pot, pot is <laughs> much better off than of turnovers. No, I never say that. I say points off turnovers. I don't say no. off of. Turnovers. Okay, then they got some pot. Okay, you're they fine. got some pot. It sounds better, anyways. All right, let's talk about the special teams. So Chris Boswell nails 54 yarder, 52 yarder, 40 yarder for the game winner, but misses a point after, and that leaves a bad taste in my mouth because when you think about the way the game progressed, you're like, oh gosh, like if he didn't miss that extra point, it wouldn't. We wouldn't be tied. It would have changed the dynamic. We'll put it that way. And then also you have Presley Harvin, who the, the Shankopotamus came out again, and mm -hmm. it was a big spot. And they highlighted it on ESPN talking about how he can't kick it to the, the returner. I can't even remember that guy's name, but still um, shanks it. Not a good day from big press. Uh, let's see if I can get his numbers here. Uh, big press finishes with five kicks, 196, a 39-yard average. Blech. One touchback inside the 22 with a long of 46. Um, Ray Ray McLeod, I thought he had a good day returning him until the fumble. And it's funny, I'm, I'm sitting there, my wife and I are watching the game on the couch, and he's he feels the ball, and all I say is, hold on to the ball, <laughs> just go down. I mean, how many times do you see players struggling for yardage, and that's when they lose the football? And what does he do? He's trying to make extra yards, fumbles the ball, pick up touchdown, and then everything else changes. 
So let's talk about the special teams a little bit. Uh, Danny Smith got his, well, he was probably went through like 15 packs of gum in this game. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Well, all I'm looking at is uh, they, they gave that returner a lot of room and, you know, even, even where they, they came up big on that play where uh, Boswell almost got crushed by the way. And I was holding my breath when Boz went to recover that fumble and somebody asked Tomlin about it and he just, he played it off. But you know, that was a situation where that guy had a very nice return on that, on that play. And so that could have, that could have been huge too. So I was not overly impressed with the special teams. Now, of course, Boz is Boz. Boz, you know, two plus fifties. That's, that's amazing. Or two fifty pluses, excuse me. Um, that was absolutely incredible. Uh, that other field goal was big, but I tell you what, I'm a little upset because I predicted the Steelers were going to score thirty in this game, and Buzz cost me a thirty. <laughs> hey, right. I thought I was looking good when I said that they were going to hold them to single digits because I mean they had only given up six points through three quarters, and then the fourth quarter happened. Yeah. <laughs> And but we all with special but, teams. But we all predicted a win, yeah. and that came true. They so just didn't cover, so none of us got uh, it right on our cares? on our staff. Who picks. cares? <laughs> so yeah, who cares? Actually, Brian did get it right. He took the Bears getting points. I checked that today. He did, and he, he got roasted only, for it too. He was the only person that took the Bears getting points, even Which, though his. Amended, amended. Completely went against that. I, you know what? I mean, there there are times when uh, I get influenced by by the hype of it too. Remember, I'm a fan too. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Dave, talk about special teams. Um, the fumble was bad. I mean, it it was a game changing play. Let's just say this. That game ended up being so close because of the fumble. I mean, because it wasn't just a fumble. It was returned for a touchdown. You know, the fumble that the Steelers got on the on the turnover, did, did they turn that into a field goal? or That was a sack when Roethlisberger got sacked on that drive, pushed him out of field goal that's range. That's what I they thought. ended up having the punt. They didn't get any points out. They didn't get any pot on that one there, Jeff. No pot. No pot on that one. But man, when when on your one fumble that you have, it's on special teams and the team turns it into seven points. The Steelers are very lucky that they had that game, you know, that they were basically already eight points to the good at that time. Not eight point, nine points to the good, because they had a point of my two, right? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, that's huge. And honestly, people were gonna want to give Ray Ray such a hard time with with that. Yeah, you can't fumble it. I mean, Tomlin said in his post-game press conference. You know, doesn't matter. You, you know, doesn't matter if he was down or what, because he said, you know, he wasn't. He's like, you can't do that. You just can't do that because he had some decent returns tonight. Other than that, and but then you forget about all the other stuff. I mean, he had a good return on the first punt that he got of the game and put the Steelers in good field position to go down and get that touchdown. But none, you don't remember any of that. All you remember is that he's that he, he gave up the ball there because that's you're the one thing you can't do as a returner. Yeah, the fumble's bad. I got to be honest. I, I get trolled by Jordan Berry people every time Big Press shanks one. <laughs> we need Jordan Berry back. Like, mm-hmm. it, I, My issue was never... Literally really, just I came know. up in the live chat. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Honestly, though, I, my issue was never with Jordan Berry, the player. <laughs> it was with his inconsistency, and that's exactly what we're seeing from Presley Harvin. The only pass that he gets is he's a rookie, and everyone's like, well, he's a rookie. He's learning. Okay, well, at what point is that not a crutch that you can lean on? You know, I, I, I like Big Press because he pushed Jordan Berry off, but I want more consistency, so I'm not happy with Big Press. You got to be more consistent. My goodness, that's exactly what I've been screaming about the entire Jordan Berry era, if there is such a thing. So uh, turning the ball over, and like you said, Ray Ray, I, I don't think they make any sweeping changes, but that's just, you can't, you just can't, you can't do it. <laughs> just yeah. cannot do it. What did you all think about that fumble? And also with the catch down the sideline uh, in regards to the challenges, um, I'm curious your take, whether you thought there were good calls being upheld or not. Brian, we'll start with you. I really, uh, I really wanted them to look at the, uh, at the fumble more. And we, are we talking about the, uh, the Chicago bear? Uh, yeah, it was a Gibson or I think one it was where it? it looked like he fumbled. Um, I'm not sure at this point, but I, I kind of thought that that was not a completion. I I really uh on the now on the touchdown good on the win. corner of the end good zone. Win. It was Goodwin. Sorry. Goodwin. Yeah. I kind of thought that was a fumble. Now in the touchdown of the end zone, um, are you talking about that one where he uh, he appeared to get both feet in bounds? Is that what you're talking about? Because I'm a little No, he's talking about the, the catch down the sideline that Tomlin challenged. It looked like the ball was definitely moving a little bit and he never completed the catch, which is not part of the rule anymore. Okay. That was the good one play. But then also the fumble, there's a lot of people that didn't think that Ray Ray McLeod fumbled if they're following that same line of thinking and the fact that he didn't technically ever lose control of the ball before his elbow hit the ground. And so it's kind of like, well, what's the difference if the guy has possession and it's moving in his between his forearms? And it looked like Ray Ray was kind of doing the same thing when his elbow hit the ground. I just was curious what your all uh, what your take was on that. Yeah, I really didn't think that Ray Ray's fumble was a fumble, and that completion. I kind of thought that uh, that the Steelers could have at least got one of those back. You know, not both. I mean, I look. I know the uh, I know the referees were in question a lot on the side. I mean, on the side of the Steelers, but there were some bad calls against the against the Steelers as well seemed like there were more questionable ones going against Chicago. I mean, we're not going to give those back, but I would have loved to have had one of those back that were against the Steelers because I really thought that, that Ray Ray could have come back. I didn't think it was a fumble as much. Now, Brian Greasy thought it was a fumble and Lewis Riddick thought it was a fumble, but those guys, I mean, man, it's not what it used to be in the Monday night booth. I will just say that, um, <laughs> man, those guys, those guys, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I said during the game, can Lewis Riddick be hired as a GM just so he can shut up? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> happened with Mayock. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's a good point. Mike so Mayock. I, you know what? I, I just, uh, I was a little confused on that. Cause there were so many things that, that they were looking at that could have gone either way, but those two plays, yeah, I, I thought they were questionable. Dave, any thoughts on that? Oh, I have lots of thoughts on that. You ready? Okay, so yes, let's go. first first let's go with the Ray Ray fumble. To me, I can, I can agree that they call that a fumble, and here's why. Because when he ultimately loses the ball, you know he loses possession of the ball. When they go back and look at it, 
on replay. Now, remember, there would have had to been enough to overturn it. And that's what I think is true basically in both of these cases. But the one with Ray Ray, when you go back and you're like, oh, the ball was moving, knowing that it ultimately comes out, you can kind of look at the ball moving as being that that's when the that's when the fumble began if you know what i'm saying because even because once it's moving it's not like he lost it. it it was moving and then he lost it later is not what they assume when they make that call so i understand why they went with that one and as soon as i saw the replay i'm like oh no this is going to stand as a touchdown i mean it's bad but it's what it was the on the on the throw on the sidelines i was saying it's going to stay because it's a tomlin challenge and it just seems you know it's not a knock on Mike Tomlin. It just seems like every time he challenges a play and it looks like it should be overturned, it just it isn't. But the thing the thing is, is hold is is moving it around and turning it, turning the ball onto the back of your hand. If that's securing the ball, then why weren't the Steelers the number one seed in 2017? Because that's you know, because it's it's not surviving the ground. It's does 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 rolling the ball along your appendage count? You know, as Jesse James's hands rolled under that ball and against the Patriots, if that if that counts doesn't count as possession there, then it shouldn't count as possession here. If you know what I'm saying, because they didn't change that part of the rule; they changed the whole, you know, surviving the ground part. So the ball was moving around a lot. To me, it goes right back to the same thing with Ray Ray: is that the ball was moving around, and you know, he ultimately lost control of it. Just like I said with the Ray Ray thing, knowing that he ultimately lost control of it afterwards, then you got to look back to say, when did he ever truly secure it? Which is what they, which is what they did with Ray Ray. And they should have done on that catch. The problem was it probably was too difficult to over, to overturn it. Or like I say, at that point of the game, if not, the Steelers could have possibly really opened that game up if they don't give them that 50 yards on that play. Um, and they want to keep it more competitive for a national audience. But that's just the way I look at it. Go ahead and read this, Dave. The ball moved in Ray Ray's arms before he was down, but it never came out until the Bears poked it out with Ray Ray's entire body on the ground. That's what you can't tell. You can't tell that. From the replay. So that's why they were going to overturn it. If, does that make sense? I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm just saying, knowing that ultimately it came out, that's what they called it. They looked back and you couldn't say first. I mean, could you say for sure when, when, when that ball was moving that he had control of it? Because that's what they would absolutely have to say beyond a shadow of a doubt in order to overturn that call. And it was a huge play at the time. And that was a $5 tip from Kyle Smith. Thank you, Kyle. We appreciate that for sure. All right. Yeah. The, the officiating, we could probably do a whole podcast yeah. on it. Uh, we've talked about everything, every facet of this game. I want to get final thoughts here. Brian, what are your final thoughts about the Pittsburgh Steelers 29 to 27 win on Monday Night Football? All right. Everybody wanted style points in this game. That's just not what the NFL is anymore. There's a lot less style points, a lot less big wins. It seems like all of, especially these primetime games, they end up going down to the wire. We saw some games yesterday. The Buffalo Bills lost 9-6 to to the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you're a Bills fan right now, you are up in arms because your team lost. The, the Ravens pulled a game out that it looked like they were going to lose. You know, you had... You had favorites going down yesterday. And the one favorite that did not go down was the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. Now, of course, the Ravens 
Texans didn't go down either. There were other favorites that didn't go down. But when you look at it, you're getting an ugly team. This is not a polished team. But when they keep on winning, no matter how they win, you take it and you accept it and you hope they build on it and you don't stop. There's a lot of people upset about the way they played. I mean, gosh, seven or seven or eight players, these guys won cut in in the uh, in the live chat. And that's what they want. And I get it. I understand. But you can't just you can't just say that we're not going to take this game and we're not going to enjoy this win. I'm going to enjoy this win. Was the were a lot of the uh, the calls against the Bears were they ones that made me scratch my head too? That if I was a Chicago fan, I'd be upset about. Absolutely, yeah. But you don't give them back. Just like Green Bay did not give back the game to the Steelers when that was egregious. The Joe hated offside. It was egregious. There's other plays we can talk about in the other losses to the Raiders and to the Bengals as well, where the Steelers got screwed. We're not talking about that. All we're talking about right now is that the Steelers won this game, and as a fan, you're going to take it. Sure, you could be concerned about next week and the rest of the year and forward, but Dave Schofield talks all the time about stacking wins. You get that next win. Well, this was the fifth win, and you're now five and three. And really, I'm celebrating this. All right, Dave, final thoughts. Yeah, I kind of said it before. As much as the fans would have loved for the, you know, for that game to end up kind of more how it was, and let's say they would have won it all, I don't know, like like 23 to 6 or something like that. Oh, that would have felt so much better, but it's not the way it played out. But honestly, moving forward, this hard-fought have-to-come-from-behind victory might be better for you in the long run um, if you want to look for a silver lining. But no, it's still a win. You know, it seems like the, the two teams at the top of the AFC North right now are just finding ways to win in games that they shouldn't necessarily win. And that's what you need to do in the NFL. You need to, I mean, we talked about it yesterday when we were talking about, you know, the AFC North wrap-up is that the AFC seems seems pretty open right now. And it and what you need to do is find ways to win along the way and get hot at the end. And that's all the Steelers need to do. Keep setting yourself up. They're not playing perfect football by any means. We all can see that as fans. But what would be nice is if they could get to that level at the end of the season to finish it up and roll into the postseason because they got wins along the way. So they got to keep getting the wins along the way because it's going to be a tough stretch. They're going to be battle tested by the time they get there. But bottom line is right now in the loss column, the Steelers are only one game out of the top spot in the AFC right now. You know, so you just got to keep doing what you can do do with the teams that you, that are there that you're playing because you got to get the wins while they're there to be got, even if it's ugly. Brian, I'll let you answer this one by Evgeny Crosby gives four ninety nine. He said, "I agree with everything you guys just said, but this defense is concerning." Brian, you concerned about the defense? I feel like it's becoming a bend, but not break defense. Uh, it broke a little bit, but wow, the offense bailed them out tonight. Because they had time. Um, 
I you said something earlier, Jeff, or maybe Dave said it about how this was a rookie mobile quarterback that that they were not able to contain, and with they were not able to uh, do what they could do with them. I would not be absolutely too concerned about the defense. You, they still did enough to control this game and win, and we've seen it over time. This is just once again, this is becoming a league where games are going to get tighter, but if you still continue to find ways to win, you you will be fine. I agree with that, 100%. Okay, my final thoughts on the game are this. As I sit here and look at my notepad and I write down the Steelers' victory, I notice a couple things. First, they're in second place in the AFC North. Sole possession of second place behind the 6-2 and two Ravens and ahead of the 5-4 and four Browns and Bengals. I also noticed that there's no third column. No, not because no one's tied a game yet, but because there's no column for ugly wins. It's just wins and losses. And the Steelers have now won four games in a row. We as fans think about when they were one and three, they lost three in a row. If someone would have come up to you and said, Hey, you'd be down with the Steelers winning the next four. Even if some of them are ugly and not that quality, you'd probably say, I'll take whatever we can get at this point. So Heck beggars yeah. can't be choosers. <laughs> Take the W five and three. Keep stacking wins. Now we get ready for we help you. The fans get ready for the week 10 game against the Detroit Lions at Heinz Field. So like I said, behind the steel should be your one stop shop for all things Steelers. It's going to be a fast and furious week, a quick turnaround. We will have everything for you there as well as on our podcast platform. Wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or behind the steel curtain, subscribe, follow whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. For all of you that stayed up late with us, thank you very much for hanging with us on the podcast side. Thank you very much. Steelers win. It's a victory Tuesday. Sounds really weird, but it's true. So, all right, we'll see you next week after the Detroit Lions game on Sunday at one o'clock, thankfully. Have a good day, everyone. Go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live. For tomorrow Today love rips me apart Oh how it rips me But love makes me live For tomorrow Today love rips me Oh how it rips me But It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.